Is there something wrong? Warning. Life support failure on all decks. Abandon ship. Maybe it is time to take command. Bridge to Captain. Join Jan Shaw updating current events as only Jan can. Library computer. Data being received. Produced by CosmicReality.com. Hello and welcome to this week's Cosmic Creating Show. My name is Jan Shaw, the Success Alchemist. You can find me at thesuccessalchemist.net, at Facebook and YouTube, Jan Shaw, the Success Alchemist. Twitter at Coach Jan Shaw on True Social, Success Alchemist, and on Telegram, US UK Patriot. Today is the 16th of September 2023. And the title of today's show is Kazarian Mafia Are Desperate, Bad Week for Biden, and Illegal Immigration Tide is Turning. So another jam-packed week full of interesting news, I have to say. And uh, it never lets up, does it? So as usual, I'm going to start with Ben Fulford's report. And this, again, is always published on a Monday, so it's only got focused on most of last week, actually. So there's a lot, as always, that isn't covered that has happened this week, but I plan to fill the gap on that for the rest of the show. So the title of this weekly report is Desperate KM Try to Seduce Barat with Ethnic Indian UK Prime Minister, US President. And just as an aside, um, I actually have a paid subscription to this. So even when I share the link in the information about the show, unless you have a paid subscription, you won't be able to read all of it. So um, that's why I like to share it on the show, because at least you can get the information from it without having to subscribe yourself. The Khazarian Mafia is trying desperately to seduce the Prime Minister of Bharat, Narendra Modi, by promising Kamala Harris, an ethnic Indian, as US President, to go along with ethnic Indian UK Prime Minister Rishi Sunak. In other words, the two leading Anglo countries would be headed by members of the small Indian minority in their countries. The problem is Modi is not being fooled. He knows the KM always tells people what they want to hear before stabbing them in the back. He also remembers these same people used to ban him from visiting the US. The fact Modi called India by the native name of Bharat instead of the India preferred by Greek and Arab conquerors is a sign of the country's determination to stay independent. And there's a screenshot of an invitation and it says on the occasion of G20 summit, which of course has just been held, it says the president of Bharat requests the pleasure of the company of so-and-so at dinner on Saturday, September 9th, etc., etc. The KM also tried and failed to seduce Africa. Last week, UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres President of the European Commission, Ursula von der Leyen, and United States Special Envoy for Climate, John Kerry, 
tried to stage an African climate summit in Kenya. The problem is less than a third of African leaders bothered to show up. It's a good bet those who did were reminded of skeletons in their closets and billions of dollars in their Swiss bank accounts. The Africans have endured hundreds of years of genocide and resource theft and are now fighting for real independence. That is why KM transnationals are being kicked out of Africa. Now it looks like South America is next. Colombia's just ordered a giant Glencore mine to shut its operations. These failed attempts to seduce the world's most popular regions to join the KM in a, quote, fight against China and Russia, end quote, took place at a series of international meetings, including a G20 gathering and a BRICS 11 meeting. These meetings are all preliminaries to some sort of showdown expected at the UN General Assembly on September 18th and 19th. What these meetings have shown is that the KM-controlled G7 puppet states are now internationally isolated. They now control just 9% of the world's population and 29% of GDP. Not only that, they are deeply in debt and losing their ability to steal resources from the rest of the world. As one example, the BRICS-11 now have $736 billion worth of oil reserves, or more than triple the $205 billion the G7 has. The loss of the ability to steal oil is going to be financially fatal to the KM. In a sign of what this may mean for the US dollar, the Iranian state broadcasting company displayed a 100 BRICS note it was shown at the meeting where Iran joined the BRICS. After this announcement, Iranian sources say all US dollars have been removed from tourist foreign exchange services. In other words, the 9-11 self-inflicted attack that took place 22 years ago today as an excuse for a global oil grab, has failed spectacularly. The other thing that has failed spectacularly is the Ukraine war. A Russian advert giving Ukrainian soldiers a last chance to surrender shows how this war is going. At the latest G20, the KM puppet states were forced to give up any statements condemning Russia for this war. The end result is the G20 nations agreed... Quote, today's era must not be of war, end quote. Attempts to Ukrainianize anything and everything are increasingly tiring for countries that want to engage in concrete affairs rather than support propaganda in favour of the Kiev regime, Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov says. The countries of the world want to talk about sustainable development, solving problems in the field of food and energy security, improving emergency preparedness, the adoption of the digital economy and much more, he adds. Mossad sources say that the KM puppet masters are finished with the avatar Zelensky. He is being tossed under the bus. Zelensky is now being forced to hold presidential and parliamentary elections that will almost certainly remove his regime from power. The big question now is whether the world's leading terrorist entity, the United States of America Corporation, will finally go bankrupt after the September 30th fiscal year end. 
In the latest sign the U.S. financial system is imploding, there has been a 45% drop in U.S. home purchases, a bigger fall than during the Lehman shock of 2008. Similar shocks are hitting credit card companies, small businesses, car loans, etc., as the entire economy is in free fall. In the screenshot of this report on real estate industry in panic mode, it also says without transactions, many jobs that are commission oriented are seeing huge declines in incomes. Real estate agents, mortgage brokers, title insurance, home inspectors, all of the various categories are entering a depression from lack of transactions. So this is going to have a knock on effect. This is me speaking beyond just the house sales themselves. If the US corp does implode, we shall all know by mid-October. With its collapse will come the end of the World Bank, the IMF, the BIS, the WHO, the UN Security Council, etc. As mentioned in previous newsletters, the plan to use the emergency broadcast system on October 4th to broadcast a message to all TVs, radios and portable devices in the US is a sign some sort of black swan event is likely then. The question is, will it be the White Hats or the KM who control any emergency that is declared? There are many signs a vicious battle over just this is taking place behind the scenes. As a part of it, the head of MI6 says that James Bond 007 types have been sent out to deal with three high-level KM honshows. For operational security reasons, we are not allowed to publish their names. The KM, for its part, is also desperately trying to kill independent journalists, disobedient politicians, etc., One prominent victim may be the journalist Jim Stone, who posted the following before his site stopped renewing. I am obviously in deep trouble, so I'm going to post my fuck it page that I have been thinking about doing. All of us are done for if they pulled the shit they just pulled. It won't just be me. Recently, postings have reappeared on his page, but judging from the content, it looks like typical KM identity theft. I hope I am wrong. Another example is the Mossad-linked site Debka shutting down after its founder and chief editor Giori Shamis passed away. That passed away is in quotes. This writer has also been warned by various sources to take extra caution because attacks on truth-based journalists are intensifying. This is part of a campaign to replace truth activists with hopium pushers. One example we checked out is Michael Baxter of Real Raw News. He always writes about the Judge Advocate General at Guantanamo Bay having people like Hillary Clinton and Nancy Pelosi hung. Overall, his feel-good reports say the good guys are winning, so relax and go back to drinking beer and watching porn. Regular listeners will probably know that I have been very sceptical about Real Raw News all along. So interesting that Ben Fulford is also calling him out potentially, allegedly, as a hopium pusher. It goes on, after failed attempts to contact him, we called the JAG Public Affairs Officer in DC to ask about Baxter. They pointed us to the site checkyourfact.com. 
Check Your Fact is a for-profit subsidiary wholly owned by the Daily Caller, Inc. This is funded by Meta. We know who that is, Mark Zuckerberg, Rockefeller et al. The rabbit hole runs deep. What all this means is the time between now and mid-October will be especially dangerous. In addition to assassinations, the KM, like vicious cornered beasts, are using every other weapon in their arsenal. Weather weapons, DEWs, propaganda lies, bribery, blackmail, etc. in a desperate bid to stay in power and avoid war crimes trials. They are also intensifying efforts to take guns away from the people. Governor Gavin Newsom is trying to push through amendments to the US Constitution, one of which would severely neuter the Second Amendment or the right to bear arms. New Mexico Governor Michelle Lujan Grisham is trying to ban guns while saying the US Constitution is not absolute. A CIA source says, I know her, she is a total KMWEF controlled minion. The KM are trying to take guns away because their puppet leaders, Macron, Trudeau, Biden, etc., cannot appear in public without being booed and attacked. They know it is only a matter of time before someone tries to shoot them. This is especially true now that one of the KM's most successful weapons so far, the biowarfare pandemic and vaccine mass murder attempt, has failed. The WHO has been trying to start up a new COVID fear campaign, but only one out of 10, 20 out of 194, member countries is bothering to provide COVID hospitalisation data to them this time. In other words, the boy who cried pandemic wolf is now being ignored. As a result, the KM is being forced to use mannequins to portray people dying of COVID in hospitals again. More fear porn. Their lies are also becoming increasingly obvious and ridiculous. For example, they just announced Jill Biden tested positive for COVID. Then right after, they announced new COVID booster shots are set to be rolled out. In another example, the Bill Gates-funded WHO is now saying mass vaccinations will be necessary to address the effects of climate change. People are now finally resisting in meaningful ways. South Carolina, for example, is the latest state to say it will not comply with the COVID mandates. Also, the Fifth Circuit Court has ruled that the Biden administration, the FBI and the CDC all violated the First Amendment by colluding with big tech to censor Americans. And he references a photograph saying... Please show this photograph to anybody you know who is brainwashed enough to start putting a face diaper on again. During slavery, slaves were forced to wear masks as to symbolically mark them as not having a voice and to be owned and under the control of another person. As things stand, Africans appear to have more rights vis-a-vis the pharmaceutical companies than Americans. For example, Pfizer is now compensating victims of its drug tests in Nigeria. How about victims of its vaccine drug tests on hundreds of millions of people in the G7, etc.? The situation has reached the point where even US President Donald Warp Speed Trump is calling for vaccine safety tests. Better late than never. That is not enough. As Jewish liberation activist 
Dr. Henry Makov notes, reality show actor Trump admits he was not allowed to fire Anthony Fauci. Interesting. Trump does not say who did not allow him to fire Fauci. However, if he was really commander-in-chief of the U.S. military, then surely he could have sent special forces to execute the mass murder of Fauci. While they were at it, they could have also gone after other mass murderers like Bill Gates, the Who's Tedros and Klaus Schwab of the WEF. Trump promises this time it will be different. If he is serious, he needs to go after him and other mass murderers like him. And on Twitter, ABC News puts a headline, Trump's unprecedented campaign pitch, elect me to get revenge on the government. And Elon Musk responds, increasingly appealing. If you think that is too much, Dr. David Martin uses the criminal's own words to expose the medical genocide for everyone to see. If you still don't think Schwab Rothschild is a menace, watch him order government leaders to cooperate with the WEF or face losing power and influence. Schwab boasts that under his system, corporate elites will craft policies for sovereign countries. The attempt to revive the pandemic is coming because the KM climate change fear campaign is blowing up in their faces. This is especially true in Maui. Almost nobody believes the fires there were natural. Now the military has moved in and begun making arrests. The weather warfare is now apparently being directed elsewhere. In the past week, catastrophic and seemingly unnatural floods have hit Greece, Turkey, Hong Kong, China, etc. One thing he doesn't mention, because I think this happened after publication, was the heavy rains in Libya caused a dam to collapse and has killed thousands. That's terrible. This appears to be part of a failing campaign to use climate change as the new fear porn to terrorise the people into submission. This is failing because scientists are coming out to expose how they either follow the narrative or are erased. A good example can be found in the article below by a scientist who says he managed to get published in Nature only by hiding the truth. That's not the way science should work. An angry German reaction to climate protesters illustrates how this campaign is going. Germans are fed up with climate protesters. Interestingly, um, (laughs) there were climate protesters that uh, glued themselves to a runway, I can't remember which airport it was, but they'd used a mixture of concrete and epoxy glue, which the only way that they could remove them was to amputate the hands, which is, I mean, these people are absolutely insane. Anyway, carrying on, there is also evidence of earthquake weapons being used around the world, although the epicenters make it seem it is white-hot operations against KM Dums. The one that just hit Morocco had its epicenter in a remote area of the high Atlas Mountains. This is near Marrakesh, which is due to host the annual meetings of the International Monetary Fund and World Bank in early October. Other earthquakes in the same 24-hour period hit New Zealand, Northern California and Indonesia. The one in Indonesia may be related to reports Indonesia is buying nuclear weapons from Israel. 
CIA sources say all the earthquakes have epicenters 10 kilometers below the surface, indicating dumbs were being destroyed. The other thing that is being destroyed at last is the Anti-Defamation League. And there's a tweet by Greg Price. Andrew Ross Sorkin asked Jonathan Greenblatt if he was seeking to have a role at X or shaking Elon Musk down for donations to the ADL, like he did to Adidas and the Brooklyn Nets. And he responds by saying that's an anti-Semitic trope. And Elon Musk responds because the answer is yes regarding seeking donations, hence JG's refusal to answer the question. JG instead went on the attack, implying that Sorkin, despite being Jewish, is somehow an anti-Semite just for asking a basic conflict of interest question. See how Elon Musk blows their leader Alan Greenblatt away. By the way, even though Musk appears to be a cabal white hat these days, his business model is doomed. As evidence, take a look at this invoice to replace the battery on a low-end electric car after only 70,000 miles. $30,000. And it's uh, an invoice from Roger Dean Chevrolet. Musk problems aside, a Mossad source points out everyone knows the ADL is a corrupt mafioso type of non-profit that hides behind anti-Semitism to literally control the language people use, also to control political narratives. A clip from the 90s surfaces detailing how the ADL was caught red-handed, creating fake Nazi groups to justify their existence and raise money. CIA sources say the outing of the ADL is one of the many signs some sort of fundamental power shift has already taken place in the US. This brings us back to Kamala Harris. She told the Asians last week that an important part of her job is the fact that she, quote, may have to take over, end quote, if President Biden is unable to complete his term in office and that she's ready to do so if required. God help us. Harris also said, we will win the election. There's too much at stake and the American people know it. This is because they know Biden is toast. However, as mentioned above, putting Harris on as US presidential actor is not going to be enough to pacify either the world or the American people. The North Koreans and Asian secret societies are saying that if the US is not returned to the American people and Japan to the Japanese people in October, they will take very serious action in East Asia. The North Koreans have traded large amounts of artillery shells for a state-of-the-art Russian submarine equipped with 10 intercontinental ballistic nuclear missiles. North Korean sources say... They say they will disperse their population underground and into the countryside and prepare to annihilate Washington, D.C., New York and Silicon Valley unless the Americans end their occupation of Taiwan, Japan and South Korea. This will be accompanied by a mobilization of the Japanese, Taiwanese, Chinese and Korean underworld, police, military and the non-compromised bureaucracy, the sources say. Now on to Biden's bad week, and I'm going to cover this with a Forbidden Knowledge TV article that was published yesterday, because he does a good 
roundup of what's been going on during the week. The title of the article is Fake Justice and Fake Aliens. On Thursday, President Joe Biden's son Hunter was indicted by special counsel David Weiss on three federal felony charges related to his purchase of a 38 caliber handgun during the height of his drug addiction in 2018. The counts alleged that Hunter lied about his history of illegal drug use on a background check form while trying to buy a Colt Cobra revolver in October 2018. Another count indicts Hunter for possessing the handgun while he was addicted to and using illicit substances. Hunter Biden's lawyer, Abby Lowell, of course, says the federal gun indictments are, quote, politically motivated, end quote, by MAGA Republicans. But legal expert Mike Davis says these indictments, made after Hunter's previous plea deal collapsed last month, are actually a gross cover-up of Biden family crimes. Notice that they're not charging Hunter for being an unregistered foreign agent or for tax evasion or for foreign corruption or anything that could tie to Joe Biden. They're pretending to be tough on Hunter, but this is just more of their fake justice. Legal expert Mike Davis thinks that House Republicans should flip the script and grant Hunter Biden immunity from these gun charges and have him testify about the Biden crime family's rackets. And if Hunter lies or obstructs, Trump's acting attorney general can indict Hunter for those in 2025. David Weiss's indictment say nothing about the 20-odd shell companies to launder millions of dollars to almost as many Biden family members. Nothing about Hunter's biolab company, Metabiota, studying bat coronaviruses in Ukraine in 2014. Nothing about the pedophile material on Hunter's laptop or about Hunter's texts, like this one from 2018 that revealed that Joe Biden had been availing himself of Hunter's Wells Fargo bank account for the last 11 years. And it shows the screenshot, WF, Wells Fargo, shut me out again. Too many cooks in the kitchen, too many profile changes and such. Happened 10 days ago too. What do you need? I'm going to bank in a few. Need to verify identity in person. My dad has been using most lines on the account, which I've, through the gracious offerings of Eric, have paid for past 11 years. On Tuesday, House Speaker Kevin McCarthy finally announced an impeachment inquiry against President Joe Biden due his alleged involvement in his son's overseas business dealings. But this was too little too late for Congressman Matt Gates. For its part, the White House retaliated against McCarthy's announcement of an impeachment inquiry by sending a memo to U.S. news organizations calling on media to scrutinize House Republicans' demonstrably false claims surrounding their impeachment inquiry into President Joe Biden, and they basically told the media not to cover it, because the only thing that matters is Ukraine, right? The official Ukrainian military spokesperson is American trans woman Sarah Ashton Chirillo, who just went on this cringe-soaked rant about hunting down all Russian war propagandists. Your tax dollars at work. 
Oh, was that not weird enough for you? Well, then how about the latest installation of the alien distraction operation? Earlier this week, a pair of non-human corpses were displayed to Mexico's Congress with suggestions the bodies could be from another planet. The specimens, which were found years ago in Peru, were unveiled by self-proclaimed ufologist and journalist Jamie Mausan, I think that's how you pronounce it, in front of an audience of lawmakers and scientists on Tuesday. Mausan told the congressional session in Mexico City, they are beings, non-humans, who are not part of our terrestrial evolution, and that after disappearing, we do not think there is a subsequent evolution. We saw these desiccated Nazca mummies six years ago, back when Jamie Mausan first trotted them out in 2017, and the Peruvian government officially called them a hoax, and then other investigations supposedly revealed this to be the remains of a two-year-old boy. My advice to Jamie Mason is to get his hands on one of the hundreds of red-haired skulls from Paracas, also in Peru, or Paracas maybe it's pronounced. Cranial deformation was practiced by ancient peoples all over the world. While cranial deformation changes the shape of the skull, it does not alter its volume, weight or bone density. The Paracas skulls have a cranial volume that is 25% larger and 60% heavier than average human skulls because the bone is much more dense. Also, the foramen magnum, which connects the skull to the spine, is in a totally different place from where it's located at the base of the human skull because their heads had to cantilever differently. The paracas skulls also contain only one parietal plate rather than two. They are definitely alien and almost nobody talks about the paracas skulls. With that alien distraction aside, just because it's not in the news doesn't mean that good things aren't happening. Yesterday, former CIA contractor and host of Tor Says show, Tor Morris, posted on True Social that she had just given Congress evidence for demonstrating how Joe Biden knew and participated in Hunter's business dealings while using our tax dollars beyond such bank accounts as the one referenced in Hunter's text above. Evidence that Congress can subpoena certain people and things like Barack Obama, but which they're failing to do. Tor reinforced her big guy theory with evidence. Tor is convinced that the big guy reference repeatedly by Hunter and his associates specifically refers to Barack Obama, not to his father, Creepy Joe. Meanwhile, Dr. Jan Halper-Hayes ongoing positive PSYOP campaign continued on Sarah Westall's podcast earlier this week. Sarah asked Dr. Jan to elaborate on her role in a 12-member DOD task force that's advising a U.S. military PSYOP team to help them to determine their next moves in the current fifth-generation war. Dr. Jan talked about the total brainwashing of a large segment of the population and the increasing demoralization of the more awake population who haven't seen enough pushback from the RNC or anything stopping this fascist takeover, 
and who, after those post-election psyops that told us that Trump would be sworn in by April of 2021, have since come to distrust anybody who tells us to, quote, trust the plan, end quote. Sarah asks her, is this just a psyop on top of a psyop? Or are there really people trying to defend our country? Or is just those of us out here on our own trying to do it? You know the feeling? Dr. Jan keeps recommending this book, Double Crossfire by A.J. Tata, who was number three at the Pentagon, while all of this was happening at the end of the Trump administration, and who Dr. Jan seems to be suggesting is a part of Q. Then Dr. Jan reminds us of that crazy time after the election and before the inauguration, where there were so many psyops and lies about what was happening. Remember when we were hearing about arrests? Steve Pizanik was telling us that the stolen election was a giant sting operation and that the valid ballots were watermarked. Wano Savin was telling us that Trump will be sworn back into office by April, etc., etc., etc. Dr. Jan explains that disinformation was necessary and that even her team was duped. Speaking of Q... Sarah refers to Operation Trust, the fake anti-Bolshevik resistance movement that convinced their members to wait for the secret anti-Bolshevik forces to save them. Operation Trust was created to help the communists identify the monarchists and anti-Bolsheviks while convincing the resistance to stand down. Many people like Alex Jones, James Corbett and others denounced the Q movement as a latter-day Operation Trust. Dr. Jan's response was to directly address and validate Q. The sense I get from Dr. Jan is that we needed to suffer in order for us to get involved with our own self-governance because as citizens in a democratic republic, this is our responsibility. We have arrived at this terrifying junction in our history because we were not involved or paying attention and we delegated our responsibilities of self-governance to the criminals who are now stealing our country out from under us. So I started to get involved about a year and a half ago and I recommend that everybody watching this do the same. They say hindsight is twenty twenty, and it's weird how after going through the entire COVID-19 PSYOP we can better understand what happened to us on 9-11. 9-11 was an inside job that ushered in the surveillance state. The perpetrators of your enslavement are walking around free. They are many of the same people pushing the COVID and the climate hoaxes and other psyops being blasted at us in between. Tor Morris was a teenage Navy recruit in the 1990s when she was tapped to become a private intelligence contractor. She worked for two firms controlled by former CIA director John Brennan, the Analysis Corporation and Global Strategies Group. On the 22nd anniversary of 9-11, she shared a new documentary called 9-11 The Plan, in which she shared her first-hand details about the strategic roles in 9-11 of Bill and Hillary Clinton George Bush Sr., George Bush Jr., George Tenet, John Brennan, James Clapper and Don Rumsfeld as part of what was called the plan to institute a one-world government. So many of the players in the Russia collusion hoax were players in 9-11, like Robert Mueller. 
all of the infamous 19 hijackers who we've heard about for the past two plus decades were individuals given US visas by John Brennan. John Brennan was the CIA station chief of Saudi Arabia in that nation's capital of Jeddah. Brennan had a Visa Express program starting in the mid-1990s in which he approved of 22,000 US visas for Arabs with zero background check, even after the deadly Kobar Towers bombing, which we learned was a trial run for 9-11 facilitated by John Brennan, who allowed the perpetrators onto the grounds of Kobar Building 131. So 9-11 brought us to where we are today. They took all our Fourth Amendment rights away by putting us in fear about an enemy that they created that didn't exist. People in our own government orchestrated 9-11 and COVID. Tor says rightly that what all of us should be doing as a nation on the left and on the right is to demand that these people be held accountable. Now back to the impeachment inquiry. Kevin McCarthy only started this after... Matt Gates in the House gave him a real tongue lashing because all of the things that he'd agreed to in the negotiations around him becoming Speaker, he's failed to deliver, like releasing the January 6th tapes, videos, and, you know, putting in legislation so that these spending bills are only a, a single Um, expense instead of these multiple bills that hide so much pork in them and other things as well. Um, But of course, Biden and the talking heads of the mainstream media and Karine Jean-Pierre in the press briefings are all saying there's absolutely no evidence of any wrongdoing by Biden and the Biden family. Well, of course, that's total BS, as we know. And Town Hall has has put together um, an article that was from the 14th. Here's all the evidence that doesn't exist against Joe Biden. And now that the impeachment inquiry into Joe Biden's abuse of power, obstruction and corruption is official, the White House and Democrats have been reduced to a scrambling hair-on-fire mess as they rush to defend a president with his eyes set on re-election in 2024, but who hasn't seen above-water approval since soon after taking office. The White House is reminding mainstream media outlets to defend Biden amid the impeachment probe, and they've dutifully, yet falsely, spread reports that there is no evidence of wrongdoing by Biden. These reports, of course, ignore the mountain of evidence already collected by House committees and contradictions expressed by Joe Biden himself. Here's what Biden's surrogates and the mainstream media are whistling past with apparent blinders on to try convincing Americans there's no evidence against the president. Among the evidence that supposedly doesn't exist are the transcribed interviews and other government-documented allegations against Joe Biden and his family. For example, Hunter Biden's former best friend and close associate, Devin Archer, said that obviously Joe Biden brought the most value to the Biden family brand and was frequently a party via phone calls to Hunter's business dealings as well as an occasional in-person guest 
when Hunter met with the oligarchs investing in or otherwise doing business with Hunter. On one notable occasion, Joe Biden even had dinner with a Burisma executive, according to Archer. There's also the documented frequency with which Hunter Biden travelled aboard Air Force Two with Joe Biden to at least 15 countries and the more than 80 instances in which Hunter Biden's business partners and associates visited the White House while Joe Biden was vice president. The FBI-generated FD-1023 form contained even more evidence from a trusted FBI informant, a form the Biden administration went to notable lengths to keep from Congress's eyes or the public's knowledge about supposed bribes the Bidens took as part of Hunter's business dealings in Ukraine, including allegedly $5 million for Joe Biden himself. The informant's report also included jokes among those tied to the Bidens that it would take anyone years to unravel the web of shell companies and financial transfers used to get the alleged bribes to the Bidens. There's also the now infamous message Hunter sent to his business partners in China in which he implies Joe Biden was sitting next to him and involved in his businesses. And Z. If I get a call or text from anyone involved in this other than you, Zhang or the chairman, I will make certain that between the man sitting next to me and every person he knows and my ability to forever hold a grudge that you will regret not following my direction. Then there's a matter of Robert L. Peters, the pseudonym used by then Vice President Joe Biden to communicate without leaving an easily discovered trail of messages. One such message about a phone call with Ukraine's then-President Petro Poroshenko copied Hunter Biden, who was then sitting on the board of Ukrainian energy company Burisma. Robert L. Peters, of course, is in addition to the other strange pet name for Joe Biden, the big guy who allegedly received 10% of any Hunter Biden deal, but whose text messages show was not to be mentioned except in face-to-face meetings, among Hunter's associates. One text exchange between Biden associates Tony Bobolinsky and James Gilliard shows the latter warning, don't mention Joe being involved, it's only when you are face to face. I know you know that, but they are paranoid. Bobolinsky replied, okay, they should be paranoid about things, to which Gilliard said, for real. In terms of the question about whether Joe Biden profited from Hunter's businesses, which relied heavily on his access to his father, there's another seemingly smoking gun text from Hunter to his own daughter stating, unlike Pop, I won't make you give me half your salary. In his own words, Hunter pitched access to Joe Biden when working on a deal with Chinese investors. Responding to a question about why he was a desirable business partner, Hunter said, It has nothing to do with me and everything to do with my last name. Don't forget Biden's very noticeable contradictions in his and the official White House lines used to deny any impropriety on his part. From the time Biden ran for office until earlier this year, we were told that Biden, quote, never discussed, end quote, Hunter's businesses. Then without warning, and as the evidence showing Biden was not only discussing but involved in Hunter's businesses came to light, the line changed. Suddenly it was that Biden was, quote, never in business, end quote, with his son. 
Quite the change, and one White House press secretary, Karine Jean-Pierre, was unable to explain. And another assertion that's quickly rendered unbelievable by communications from the Biden family. An email from Hunter Biden after the end of the Obama-Biden administration shows him identifying Joe Biden as one of his business partners. But sure, all of that is no evidence of corruption, using the public's trust to profit and seeking to bury the evidence. It's tragic and laughable that the president and his allies in the media think Americans would look at these allegations, contradictions, and in their own words, admissions of ties and involvement between Joe Biden and Hunter Biden's businesses, and conclude there's no evidence worth digging into further. It would be a different thing entirely if these were merely partisan claims that there was no wrongdoing on the part of the president. That's to be expected from mainstream outlets and Democrats. But to attempt to blanket denial that there's any evidence of potential wrongdoing is literally unbelievable. The attempt is even more brazen and completely in character for Team Biden, given the efforts to label Hunter's laptop and its contents as completely false information conjured up by Russians. Just as there was very much a there-there with Hunter's laptop, it's likely that a there also exists with the president's involvement in Hunter's businesses. Given the family's willingness to push blatant lies to advance their own schemes in the past, it is incumbent upon Congress and Americans to take a serious look at the very real evidence that exists in this matter. So in today's show, we've already seen that, uh, according to Ben Fulford, the Khazarian mafia is in a panic. They're losing. Um, also, one of the things that is happening is more and more people are standing up against the volume of illegal immigrants that are pouring into the various countries. Of course, this is the WEF Agenda 2030 plan. So there's a tweet by Jack Straw, and it's um, a screenshot of Associated Press. Angered over EU migrant rules, Poland and Hungary veto a summit statement in a gesture of protest. So they're standing up. The Hungarian minister is really good, I must say, rather like um, Christine Anderson, who's uh, an MEP, I think, for Germany. In the UK, many, many people are up in arms about the number of um, illegal immigrants coming across the channel. And what happens is the, the dinghies, as they're called, they get escorted partway by the French Navy and then the Royal Navy Lifeboat Institute that's supposed to rescue ships in distress they meet them halfway and escort them into the UK. And, of course, Rishi Sunak is a WEF puppet and was actually installed, of course, after the removal of Liz Truss, uh, who apparently, well, I've, I've read, I'm not very familiar with her, it was before I came back to the UK, but... I think she was introducing policies that were not in support of the WEF agendas. Of course, the playbook is the same wherever you go, whether it's the UK, the US or these, um, the EU, in effect, because they've been promoting open borders for years. 
But now, ironically, New York City is up in arms because of these illegal immigrants who have been bussed there from Texas because New York City is a sanctuary city. So Mayor Adams is saying, you know, we can't cope with this. It's never ending. It's going to destroy the city. And then a bunch of Dems went up to hold a press conference at the Roosevelt Hotel in Manhattan, which is a relief centre for migrants. And Fox News actually reported on this. AOC, other Dems, drowned out by screaming protesters at New York City migrant crisis news conference. Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and others held event at Roosevelt Hotel in Manhattan, which has become a relief centre for migrants. Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Democrat New York and other Democrats were loudly heckled Friday at a press conference in New York City regarding the migrant crisis there. The Democrats who spoke outside the Roosevelt Hotel in Manhattan, which has become a relief center for asylum seekers, were drowned out by shouting protesters chanting, send them back and close the border. Close the border, close the border, respect the Constitution, AOC. I am your constituent, a man was heard among the angry crowd shouting into a megaphone. What we seek to do is to make sure that all the resources are necessary and that we are joining with the city and state, Ocasio-Cortez said, before the man wielding the megaphone shouted over her, saying, illegal immigration is not right, respect the constitution, close the border. Representative Adriano Espaillat, Espaillat, Democrat New York, not sure about that pronunciation, but anyway, said the delegation was there to, quote, see for themselves what the migration dynamic is in our nation, end quote, and that they saw children, families, quote, people that want to work, people that are fleeing violence, people that are fleeing environmental disasters. We see so many stories, heartbreaking stories manifest itself here. What I think, these are folks that will take New York City to a better place, he said, as people kept shouting out in the background. Every crisis presents great opportunity. There's hope and opportunity in this building, Espaillat continued, noting that, quote, this is a contentious issue, end quote, gesturing toward the protesters who broke out in another chant of close the border. The Roosevelt Hotel is an arrival centre for all migrants where they can get food, vaccinations and meet with caseworkers, city officials say. The delegation at the press conference, in addition to Ocasio-Cortez and Espaillat, were Democrat reps Veronica Escobar, Sylvia Garcia and Joaquin Castro of Texas, Nidia Velazquez and Gerald Nadler of New York. He got Uh, drowned out as well by hecklers and protesters. Jesus Garcia, Delia Ramirez and Mike Quigley of Illinois, Jimmy Gomez and Tony Cardena of California and Rob Menendez of New Jersey. I think that there are three points of consensus here that are very important in getting a solution to that issue, Ocasio-Cortez then said, despite the heckling. The first is there is is that there is consensus here across geographies 
and state on increased federal resources to cities and municipalities dealing with this issue. The second is to allow for work authorization so that folks in here can get to work and start supporting themselves as soon as possible. They are prevented from getting jobs. They are prevented from employment. And that is part of the strain on our public system, she added. The faster that folks can access the work that they're asking for legally, the better we can solve this problem. Ocasio-Cortez said the third point of consensus is extending temporary protected status for Venezuelans, who she noted are the largest population who are arriving here. Earlier this month, New York City Mayor Eric Adams gave his most ominous prediction yet for the fate of the Big Apple, which is grappling with the influx of more than 110,000 migrants since last year. Let me tell you something, New Yorkers, never in my life have I had a problem that I did not see an ending to. I don't see an ending to this. I don't see an ending to this. This issue will destroy New York City. Destroy New York City, Adams said during a town hall meeting on the Upper West Side. We're getting 10,000 migrants a month. We had a $12, million defi- sorry, $12 billion deficit that we're going to have to cut. Every service in this city is going to be impacted. All of us, Adams said, is going to come to your neighbourhoods. All of us are going to be impacted by this. I said it last year when we had 15,000. I'm telling you now with 110,000, the city we knew we're about to lose and we're all in this together. So after all the rhetoric of, you know, we must allow all these immigrants in and, you know, we've got to take care of them and everything else, they're now feeling the consequences of that. And it's amazing how quickly they change their tune. It's a bit like the ones that were shipped up to Martha's Vineyard who were very rapidly moved on to somewhere else. The hypocrisy knows no bounds. And I just want to play a short video, which is UK based, but it really underscores exactly what the agenda is behind this completely unfettered illegal immigration into all these countries. And this is from a tweet by Eleanor Z. James of the numbers involved and the fact that we are going to become a minority in our own country before 2050, well before 2050 for the younger people, that I term to be genocide. And I'm backed up again by the United Nations definition on genocide, which quite specifically says In the present convention, genocide means any of the acts committed with intent to destroy, in whole or in part, a national, ethical, racial or religious group, and deliberately inflicting on that group conditions of life calculated to bring about its physical destruction, in whole or in part. Now, go to any city centre, which is inundated with the third world. You will not see any white people in Tower Hamlets. You won't see white people in all parts of Luton, parts of Leicester, all across the country, because they have been driven out. They have lost their right to exist as a culture and a race in their own country. This is what's happened in an incredibly short period of time. And it started from a small base. Now, that small base of people, when they double when their demographic doubles from 
100,000 to 200,000, it doesn't really matter. But when you get to the point now where we've got 4 million Muslims in this country, they are going to become 8 million within the next decade, and then 16 million, and then 32 million. And we, meanwhile, are dwindling as a race. Our government is against us, our media is against us, we are losing a racial war, we are losing a cultural war, and we are, we've lost, essentially, today, because we're standing up now trying to, trying to do something about it, but we are not helped by our own people who are running our government and running our country and running our education and running our media and running our councils. They are intent on seeing us reduced to a small, servile race of people. To why, why they want to do this, I simply don't know. Some of them are evil, some of them are naive and stupid and don't understand, but combined with the evil and with the naivety, we are in serious, serious trouble, and our children and our grandchildren are going to be utterly confused by how did you allow this to happen and what sort of people were you to sit back and allow this to happen under your noses because you were frightened of being called a racist really one word one word has made you sit back and do nothing while your country was ripped from underneath your feet you have got to be joking but we're not joking we are trying to do something about it, but our government, the European Union, the United Nations, they are intent on ripping our country and our culture out from under our feet. And it is so important that we are not allow, allowing ourselves to be called a racist if we stand up and say, I want to protect my country, I want to protect my culture, I want to protect my race you are the racist because what you are doing is the probably the most evil acts of criminal racism carried out in the history of mankind. You have deliberately reduced an indigenous people to servitude. They are the racist. The left liberals are the racist. We are decent, proud patriots and we should be very proud of ourselves and we've got to keep fighting this until we win. Thank you very much. And he's absolutely right. You know, we're seeing that in the US, the UK, all across Europe, Sweden, uh, Norway, um, and the level of crime, a particularly violent crime, rapes, murders, has just skyrocketed in these places. So it's good that people are standing up against it. We must continue to do so and not let these evil people win. So that's all I have time for this week. I hope you've enjoyed the show and you'll join me next week for another Cosmic Creating show. Uh, I'd like to thank Nancy for producing and Derek Condit for sponsoring Cosmic Reality Radio. Visit his website at mysticalwares.com and a reminder, you can find me at thesuccessalchemist.net. Lots of free content there to help with your conscious evolution and manifestation. So until next time, stay well, be safe, and bye for now. You have been listening to Cosmic Creating with Jan Shaw, updating current reality, a production of CosmicReality.com.